Welcome to Unity of Tucson. The prayer of love lifts us high, it heals us, sustains us, and sets us free. I don't know that I ever truly felt what it meant to be free until I found that the only thing that was imprisoning me was my own thoughts, my own beliefs. And when I addressed those things, and had a willingness to let go of what no longer worked, I changed my entire experience of life. That's the power, I believe, of this philosophy, a philosophy that has been around much longer than 150-ish years. You know, a lot of people say, oh, new thought, it's such a new thing. I'm like, no, it's really not. It's ancient wisdom. We've, we're just putting a new packaging around it all the time. You know, all the time it's happening. Um, there was a man. There once was a man. <laughs> A man who challenged what was known and accepted. There once was a man who, who challenged what was known and accepted. He called for fundamental change in the way we understand God. He once offered this. God is not a noun that demands to be defined. God is a verb that invites us to live, to love, and to be. God is not a noun that demands to be defined. God is a verb that invites us to live, to love, and to be. Now, you may have thought when I said there was a man, right? You might think I'm talking about one of the way showers that we often speak of here, a man named Jesus. But this particular man that I'm quoting here today, I realize I don't have end quotes in that. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, well. Um, the man who said this was Bishop John Shelby Spong. He was a luminary in a very interesting way in the Episcopalian church because he bucked a trend. He challenged what was known and accepted. He was an Episcopal bishop, and at this point, I speak of him in the past tense because he made his transition just two weeks ago on September 12th at the age of 90. You know, in bucking the trend, he was deemed a heretic because he was questioning what was traditional. Well, the thing about new thought, the thing about this philosophy under which um, uh, you know, unity falls under the new thought umbrella, the thing about us is that our whole point and purpose is to buck the traditional. We, I, I know I've mentioned it before, there is a rather substantial book that is the history of new thought. It's about a thousand pages. And the title of the book is Spirits in Rebellion. We are each and every one of us rebels. By being in this place, you are a rebel. Right? I love it. 
Because <laughs> I have been nothing but rebellious most of my life, right, Dad? <laughs> I have bucked the trend in so many ways. But let's look at this quote. God is not a noun that demands to be defined. God is a verb that invites us to live, to love, and to be. It is a powerful invitation. This quote is a powerful invitation to each of us to release what we think we know about God. Even sometimes in New Thought when we say, the teaching of New Thought is that God is not something out there. It is that which is right here within each and every one of us. Well, how do we know that that's true? How do we know that's true? That's a question for consideration. I don't have an answer for that today. Because I think it's up to each and every one of us to go on that journey for ourselves to say, how is it that I have come into this place that resonates with my soul? And I believe that many of us are here and they, we continue to show up because it resonates with our soul. To be told all the time, remember who you are. Know that you are this infinite power and presence, that that which is most high is residing within you and showing up as you. We must release what we think we know to let go of what we take for granted because you know, what, you know what else happens? We start to take the principles of unity for granted without ever questioning them again. And there's a thing that happens when we do that. It changes our lives, perhaps not in the way that we expect it to. Our work is to be rebellious in our own right. For me... Bishop Spong represents the rebellious nature of that other great teacher. That other teacher who disagreed with the status quo and whose ultimate message was the same. Live, love, be. We are all part of a rebellious theology. We buck the traditional by living within a paradigm that claims our divinity. Ooh, and that's scary for people. That's scary for people. You know, it took me a long time to get to the point where I was willing to step up. And even now, I just want to point out that as I'm about to say this, I still feel that little moment of going, should I say this? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. Because I think this is what we should all be claiming for ourselves. I think it is important that we all begin to claim for ourselves, I am God. Because God is me. Every, every aspect of my being is God. This is true of me. This is true of you. Because if God is infinite, there can be nothing other than God. And so we are part of that infinite wholeness. Now, what am I saying when I say I am God? I am saying I know who I am and I know who you are. I am not saying I am God, therefore I have dominion over you. No. What it does for me is it recognizes for me that we are each and every one of us at the same level. We are each and every one of us equal. To know who you are is the great equalizer because when you accept it for yourself, you cannot deny it in anybody else. I have found that this divinity, and not, not in a hierarchical sense, to know my divinity, for you to know your divinity, it is not about being set up in a hierarchical sense, but creating that sense of equity. I have found value in this because it allows me to move beyond conditioned thinking. 
Bishop Spong, oh, it's not there anymore. Bishop Spong understood this. Jesus understood this. The great mystics of the ages all have understood this, that this is where we have ultimately landed. We go on these great spiritual journeys, many of them beginning with, what is the meaning of life? Moving on to, what happens after I die? Moving into, Maybe I need to focus on what's happening right now, right in this moment. To move beyond conditioned thinking requires that we first recognize that we are conditioned. We are, each and every one of us, conditioned into a way of thinking, a way of believing, a way of. We're living ultimately in old-school expectations. These expectations have been embodied by us because of the things we were taught in school, the things we were taught by our parents, the things we were taught by society, the things we were taught by the media. We have accepted these things as the truth of our lives, oftentimes without question. But it is time that we question it all. Let go of those old-school expectations, those constantly playing tapes in our, or C- CDs in our mind or digital files that are happening in our mind. (laughs) You know, when I started in this philosophy, you could still say CD, and people would be like, oh, yeah, I get it. (laughs) But we have these files that keep playing and keep presenting themselves over and over and over and over again that keep sameness in our experience. The conditioning... These old-school expectations are the result of a lifetime of belief embodiment. Belief embodiment. That is what it is to be. Belief embodiment. Every experience we have is a condition of our thinking and our belief process. And every time we have an experience, we, in those moments, make a decision that either this is the reality I accept or this is not the reality I accept. But oftentimes, we're moving through life just accepting what is. Now, there's a spiritual practice to accept what is, right? And that's okay as a spiritual practice, to open ourselves up even further to a deeper understanding of what can be by means of each and every one of us. Because what can be by means of each and every one of us is that which is happening right now. And either we're going to root it in old belief expectations or new belief expectations. It's up to each and every one of us to decide. We are in a constant state of becoming. I am grateful every single day to be part of a faith tradition that invites questioning. It invites questioning. It invites the opportunity to say, do I really believe this? Do I really believe this? Because there are a lot of faith traditions that if you went up and you said, let me talk to you about what you've said to a minister, right? Let me talk to you about what you've said, because I don't know that I necessarily believe that. If you don't believe it, you're going down there. Well, you'll never hear me say that, ever. 
unless I'm joking. I did just say it. Ah, oh, you got me. But for me, the capacity to question uh, is the difference between doctrine and dogma. We teach a doctrine within this philosophy. And I know I've said this before. We teach a doctrine within this philosophy, and I believe doctrine is meant to be questioned. That is the power of doctrine. When you get into dogma, and this is the reason we claim to not have dogma within unity principles and teachings, there is no dogma because there is nothing that cannot be questioned. Dogma is meant to not be questioned. And so it's up to each and every one of us to find that journey within ourselves. The power of this, too, is understanding that it is absolutely okay to say no. People have a hard time saying no oftentimes, right? I've had a hard time saying no in my life. But it's okay to say no, to say, I question that. I don't know that I believe that. I want to chew that up and decide what it is I really, really believe. Now, I have offered lessons, and I want to be really clear. I have offered lessons on Sundays in the past. Actually, I haven't done it here at Unity. Uh, it was in uh, previous church, uh, churches that I have run and served as senior minister. But I have offered this as a lesson, to go about your life and say yes to everything. It scares people, right? <laughs> I, know, I know who I am looking at right now because I got some pushback on that. And I'm not going to, that's not the homework this week. <laughs> Just to be clear. But I have offered lessons to say, go out there, say yes to everything. But you know what? Sometimes saying no is the best yes you can say to yourself. Because that is taking care of yourself. It is knowing at the core who you are, what you believe, and how you choose to be. This journey, this exploration, the questioning, the looking at all the stuff, is for me the way that I think we can truly find God, but it's up to you to determine if that is true in your heart. To truly find that infinite power and presence, to put it to the test. What are we searching for? We come often to places like this because we are searching for something. Whether you're in the room or you're online, you may have found yourself here because you're searching for something. But you know what? That which we seek is the very thing that is causing us to seek. That's the important thing to understand. We can let go of thinking it's going to be a hard journey to find God. Because you know how you find God? Look in the mirror. And then look all around you at everything. That's where God is. It is the expression and that which is behind the expression of all that is. What we find, at least what I have found, what we may find, is that God is wholeness. It's wholeness. Can we perceive more deeply the wholeness 
that inherently is this world, this expression? Can we settle our own minds and hearts into accepting that wholeness is the truth, irrespective of the circumstances that show up in our lives? All of it is wholeness. And when we align ourselves at the heart level with wholeness, and you get to decide what wholeness is for you and how it shows up for you. When we experience wholeness, that is where healing resides. This is where we meet God. God is inherently our greatness on demand. Our greatness on demand is part of who we are. God is who we are. I, my first teacher in New Thought, not the physical presence that was my actual teacher in a classroom, but the first person in the New Thought philosophy that I studied said this, we are not one in God. We are not one with God. A lot of people are like, what? Isn't that what you teach in New Thought? Those, those descriptions denote separation. If I am one in God, then God is something outside of me. It's like, you know, the water, and I'm separate as a fish swimming in a sea of God. But that's not true. I am that water as well. I am not one with God, for then God is something that is walking alongside me. That particular person said this, no, I am not one in God. I am not one with God. I am one of God. We are one of God. There is no difference between God and me except the level of degree to which I express the inherent divine nature, and this is true for each and every one of us. So we must be willing to let go of the old school expectations and welcome change, for we are in a constant state of godness, constantly in this magnificent sea of godness. And we are that sea. We are the wave. We are the drop. You've heard all of those metaphors. It's the truth for me. And I invite you to see what is true for you. There is no difference between God and us. The only difference is what we adopt as true for us. Those perceptions of difference are the old tapes that we play. A lot of us are still playing those old tapes of saying, I believe God is out there in some way. The mystics of the ages have all come to this realization. This particular mystics, mystic, a 13th century German theologian, Meister Eckhart said, between God and me, there is no between. Between God and me, there is no between. He was another heretic. Heretics. I think we're all heretics, and that's okay. But heretics are 
those who, it seems to me, are the ones who let go of those old school expectations. That's the power of our teaching. It is an invitation for each and every one of us to rethink what we have once thought. This is what all the mystics of the ages have said, including Jesus. Rethink what you have thought. Is that why many of us have found our way here? Because what we once believed is no longer serving us? We are the experience of God. Let's never forget that. We are the experience of God in its infinite unfoldment. This is how we transcend beyond those old school expectations. Our work is to constantly live in a mental resurrection every day and in every moment. Through this transcendence, we find ourselves transformed. So ask yourself, in what way today am I erasing those old school expectations and lifting my sights to understand more deeply that I am that which is. That's the question of the day. Peace and blessings to you. You are magnificent. The homework today is this. Pay extra attention this week to where old-school expectations may be influencing you. And in that moment, when you recognize it, what will you decide to do about them? Make a decision. Ask, does this expectation still serve me? Some of them may. That's okay. Does this expectation still serve me? If it does serve, then make a decision about whether or not you will keep it. And if it doesn't serve you, make a decision about whether or not you will keep it. Awareness is the first step to finding wholeness. So that's the homework this week. Be abundantly clear on what your old school expectations are. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.